The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. On the programme yesterday, we discussed outdoor drinking laws on the show and we received such a strong response from our listeners detailing how dangerous and antisocial the city has become that we decided to debate today, is Dublin a safe city? I'm joined in studio by independent councillor uh, for Dublin City, Mannix Flynn. We're joined on the line by the CEO of the Temple Bar Company, Martin Hart. But first, uh, Dublin taxi driver, Neil Murray. Good morning. Good morning, Pat. How are you? I'm very well. Now, you see the city, um, the good, the bad and the ugly, because you drive all the time for a living. What's your take on Dublin today? Well, the take on Dublin today is OK. Um, what I see is I see a lot more than what I used to see. I'm driving now 16 years driving a taxi. I see a lot more, like, you know, homeless people on the street, like, you know, um, and nearly every um, traffic like you pull up to, there's nearly somebody there, like, you know, looking for um, some money with a cup, you know. And plus, like, you see um, a lot of substance abuse of people going around, people that use drugs. I'm not too sure what the word is there, Pat, but you know what I mean? And you see, like, the, the, the city is not the way it used to be. It's, it's, it's gone a bit dirty. I'll tell you what I did, Pat, there two weeks ago. I said to myself, um, one of my lads playing soccer in the Stillery Road over there near Clonliffe. I said, right, I'm going to go for a walk. Mountjoy Street, down the country, back around Eden Key. And I did that, and I wanted to get the experience as if I was out of the car and as if I was a tourist. And the experience was okay. The sea was extremely dirty. All right, I was very nervous. Although there was a lot of people around, okay. And what was when I walked down the street, I noticed a lot of homeless people. I noticed a lot of them um, gangs. I seen a boy getting robbed in the middle of the um, you know the Lewis line there on Street. Mm-hmm. There was a boy getting robbed there, and there was nobody doing anything about it. So there was a couple fighting, okay. Um, there was um, a lot of dirt around the place there was, and plus, and um, there was a smell of um, cannabis on the whole street. And I was acting as if I was a tourist. Now, when I turned down Eden Key, it was worse. It was worse than what the dirt was worse. It was just, it's it's just not Dublin the way it used to be, Pat. It's not. It's just gone completely. You now, know. Now, this was just a random day uh, because yeah. you just happened to be uh, doing a little chore yourself and had a bit yeah. of free time. So this could be any day of the week, and you found it what intimidating or were intimidating, you intimidating? Intimidating and um. There's teenage gangs going around with their, um, their sort of gas up their nose, okay? Now, that's intimidating. Now, like, if one or two of them come over to me and do something, I, you're not allowed to hit back. You can't do anything, Pat. You can't do nothing. And even if they were to stand in front of the car if I was driving the taxi, you can't do anything. It's just nerve-wracking in the city. You know, it's it's just very nerve-wracking. It is. It's not the way it used to be. You can't do nothing. And then the bikes and the scooters and all that. I can go into that if you like. No yeah. problem whatsoever. Tell me about the bikes. Right, okay. Now... Uh, about a year ago I was on a Christchurch just about to pull off heading towards High Street and a bike took the mirror off that cost 264 there was no use in going after them there was nothing I could do now the bikes and the skewers zip in, zip in and zip in wherever they want to go they do what they want to do and you can't do anything about it now just one thing Pat Mr. Raymond Riley that's a tweak in all these traffic lights during the COVID letting thinking people won't notice and thinking people is going to think it's traffic because everyone gets in my car they say it's traffic the lights are red longer than the air green, okay? Yeah. <clears throat> They're red longer than the air green. And his aim is to get people out car onto public transport, which we do not have, Pat, whatsoever. We do not have. And if people were to get out of their car and go to public transport, they're still stuck in the tweak-type traffic lights, okay, on the bus. And plus, sometimes the buses are not safe. I'm going to give you an instance. I got a fare from my aero base up at halfway cabs up in Grimm, and I timed it. And this... This couple, this person was going to the GPO. I waited four minutes for him, 
and it brought him back to the same place, the Black Forge near, near Air Base, okay? It took 54 minutes of a round trip. That's including the four minutes, so it took 50 minutes of a round trip. Now, when I get a fare into the city centre, I'm not the way I used to be. I don't want to go into the city centre because you just can't get out. Cable Street is closed off. Um, when you go Patrick Street, now there's poles everywhere. The traffic is back to the junction there at um, Kevin Street and um, the Coombe. So when you go, as I say, there's three type of poles up on top of Patrick Street, okay? You just can't get around them, okay? And then when you go down Patrick Street and take a ride onto the Coombe, you used to take a left there onto Cork Street. The filter light is gone there now, okay? And now the traffic is back into that junction, okay? They're doing their utter best to get people out, okay? But it's not going to work, Pat, because there's no transport there for people to do it. It's not going to work. So what I think they should do is make traffic freely rather than annoying the people. Annoying the people. Now, t- tell us this. Do you work days and nights or do you choose one or the other? I just do days. I'd normally start about nine in the morning. I finish about eight, nine at night. Okay, That's and you you wouldn't do nights anymore? No, I'd be terrified, Pat. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm 53, okay, and I grew up in Ballyferm years ago. I'm not frightened, but I just wouldn't do it anymore. No, no, I wouldn't do it. I do days now, a long, long time now. And um, as I say, it's, you know, if you see gangs around during the day, you know, something that they're going to come over, nothing's going to be done, there's no police. Oh, that's another thing, Pat, by the way, on O'Connor Street. I never noticed one police that time. I never noticed one guard on the street. And the bike was getting robbed, and there's a couple roaring and screaming at each other. And I was pretending I was a tourist. I was acting like I was a tourist, and I just couldn't believe Neil, it. Neil, do you have any any suggestions as to what might be done? Well, look, I always said you need more guard presence. I know we have a problem with guard, with guard um, you know, recruiting guard, but we just need more guard, and you need more, you need more forces. Pat, we need to take the rules away where you can't touch. You know, um, the, the laws with the teenagers. You need to get them rules away. Something has to be done because they're doing their own thing. They can do what they want. They're going up and down their scramblers. They're going up and down their scooters. Nothing is being done about it. The frustration and the anger of people is that there's no words for it. I could be good. And when I see something like that, and I see someone that's doing something, I just take a breather and count to 10. Nothing can be done about something like that. What they could do is just bring in more guard force and just improve the, improve the enforcement better for the bike. For the, no, I'm not saying all... Oh, Bikes are like that. There is some bikes that are okay. There is some scooters that are okay. But the majority of them, of, of them, it's an absolute disgrace. It is, and especially the way they've tweaked. You have no idea the way they've tweaked all these traffic lights. You have no. Idea. I used to love driving a taxi. I'm 16 years doing it. I walked through the COVID as well because we were allowed to do it. Okay. Then after the COVID, I discovered all these traffic lights, and they're putting cycle lanes up to like Temple Oak, Green Trees, everywhere down Strand Road. It's an absolute mess. And Pat, I could send you videos today. I could do them on the street. I can get out of the car and do it. And I will show you not one bike in these cycle lanes. And they're making them into sort of paths, then a bicycle lane, and then another path, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They're making the absolute pains of the city. It's an absolute disgrace. It's disgusting. They're after completely ruining it. Own Keegan and Eamon Ryan should be ashamed of themselves, Pat. Neil, thank you very much for talking to us in the programme this morning. Taxi driver Neil Murray, thank you. No problem, Pat. Thank you very much. Man, explain your comments. Well, you know, I, 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 I certainly know where this man's coming from. And, you know, I would say at the outset that he was very mild, you know, in his description because the reality is much more blunt uh, and much more anger by every member of the public that I meet, uh, you know, from the most elderly to the people who own the premises, uh, the state of the city, the door to the city. Um, and they're deeply frustrated by what is happening. 
They feel completely abandoned. They feel there's nobody listening to them. It runs the length and breadth of our main thoroughfares from Grafton Street to O'Connell Street. The place is awash with antisocial behaviour. The Garda Shia that I work with and that I deal with, who are ordinary members of Garda Shia Khan, are frustrated. They've been told they can't police. They're being managed left, right and centre. Ex- explain that to me, because be- I know a Garda would be, you know, conscious of the fact that some young fella who's given them lip then takes out the mobile phone and therefore they have to stand back instead of dealing with them as they should, which might be to, you know, apprehend them, talk to them up against the wall and if necessary, arrest them. But- you know, that's what they should be doing. Uh, but maybe they feel they can't. Well, the fear is, you know, I mean, like, you know, as I said, we know recently, you know, it was, you know, which is an ongoing case where a guardie in, in a car chase and then that guardie is being charged. I've been, mean, you know, there's, a, there's an attempt to charge the guardie. For well, we have to wait and see what, what see. pans out there. But at least that that's been put on the table and that puts the fear of God into a load of guardie. The point of the matter is we don't have a dedicated police force or a police unit that's actually dealing with the children on the street. We used to when we had the public order unit but they took no mess and it cleaned out the legs of Temple Bar. Now, what, what about just the filth of the city? I mean, the, it used to be dear old the dirty The filth of the Dublin. city is very simple, Pat. Own Keegan stripped out quite a lot of the workers and stripped out and cut and cut and cut and cut. Why? Because that's the way the city manager wanted to work in order to save money, in order to cut down because of the pandemic, because of the downfall in the economy, all of these things. Now we can't get staff. Now we have a situation where the city is badly managed. Not only is it badly managed, but there's a failure in Dublin City Council of 5,500 staff, 1 billion of your euros, okay? Now last week we were at a, a climate action meeting for four hours called by the Green Party and they waffled on left, right and centre. And I actually asked them, all people want is a clean street can we just manage a clean street instead of trying to save the planet every single day and they went silent on that particular issue well, so does I it mean they're polluting the streets and they feel they have to for safety reasons with plastic bollards to protect cyclists but they, they've made the streets look very untidy and unkempt the but I mean I accept that as a safety it, issue but I mean pure filth and dirt but, I mean it shouldn't be beyond the wit but, of man to but, tidy but, up but, the streets but, 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 but the cycle lanes haven't stopped in the accidents there's many accidents we saw the most recent report the people coming off their scooters and the bikes and the catastrophic head injuries we're still waiting for a further report as to single you know bicycle accidents and scooter accidents there's a lot of problems out there but the problems stem from one place and one place only I'm 15 years in Dublin City Council and I tell you I work I read all the documents and I'm telling you here and now on this radio notwithstanding the fact that there's lots of good people in there lots of really dedicated individuals the City Council as it stands at the moment is not fit for purpose your local authority is not fit for purpose where it's even worse again is that just 63 councillors are disconnected entirely they're in another planet altogether and the vast amount of those councillors don't but do they not in. live in the city no they don't live in the city they live outside of the city and they wouldn't be able to name three streets they're not interested but are you in telling that. me that Dublin city councillors actually might live in Fingal or Dunleary yes. Rathdown so they're representing areas that they don't live in absolutely well they, 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 the point of the matter is they're not really all that interested in the city centre they're trying to actually you know sort out issues in their own locality be it anti-social behaviour housing etc but there's no joined up thinking there's no overall picture of what's happening within the city between trans transport, between cycling infrastructure, between greening, etc, etc. It's all ad hoc. Dublin City Council is made up of fiefdoms of individuals who got so big for their boots that they run little fiefdoms. And to simply ask them to do their job, you have to ask them for a favour. It's a disgrace the way the situation is. And I came into politics, you know what I mean, in order to get some measure of accountability. And unfortunately, the only accountability that I can and the only way that I can hold the local authority to account is to bring them into a court like we have on particular on the likes of Strand Road, etc. Or with 
that we had to do in this local area in relation to the uses of building that were not fit for purpose for housing homeless individuals. It's a catastrophic mess, not just in terms of the local government, but you just imagine, for instance, that we have a statutory obligation to our refugees and to asylum seekers that the state has, and the state did nothing about it. And we have now got people in massive tents on our streets because the state failed to actually house them appropriately. It's a complete running sore. And the, at the, at the, the final hit of the hunt is, which is appalling, is that people will possibly vote for Sinn Féin as some sort of punishment beating for the government. You know what I mean? Known full well that Sinn Féin won't make any particular big difference. They'll probably be worse. But the point of the matter is, is that the people of the city are deeply frustrated. And the likes of Malahoyd, people are, are, are really angry at the way their street has been turned into a pub in, uh, on, 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 on Merchant's Quay. The school down there is absolutely crying every day because they're going to have an injection centre when we need rehab and detox. In the meantime, the Minister for Housing decides that, oh, we're going to lift street furniture fees because we want more people drinking on the street. The Minister for Justice Interim has told us that he's going to actually bring in the pandemic law to have more outdoor, outdoor dining. Look at the state of, of Merrion Row. Look at the state and the dirt on Cable Street. No one's in Cable Street. Cable Street's an absolute disaster. And yet you had two Dublin City Council officials, the Lord Mayor, standing there with a cake, celebrating the destruction of Cable Street, a street that was vibrant, that had loads of people in it, and it's an absolute disaster. Last week, and I'll finish with this, I was in courts with a load of local residents from around here. Over a year we're in court, trying to get one particular hotel to turn down their noise. Simply, would you mind turning down your noise? Because the people want to get a night's sleep. And that took a year to get satisfaction there in the courts. When Dublin City Council should have been doing their job, but they weren't. Okay, uh, so many uh, observations there, Mannix. Well, Martin Hart, CEO of the Temple Bar Company, is on the line. Martin, good morning. Good morning, Pat. How are you doing? Now, Mannix was talking about fiefdoms. Uh, Temple Bar really is its own little fiefdom. I mean, don't you clean your own streets and collect your own refuse? Uh, well, no, the refuse is collected uh, by commercial operators, but we do. Look, we, we augment the services. The City Council do provide street cleaning in Temple Bar, and very good street cleaning, I would say, and we, we augmented, we provide additional services in and around the area, but I suppose, I just want to come back into that, and I have huge regard for Mannix. I think he's one of the one of the more honest people when it comes to speaking up for the city and is a great advocate for the city. But look, coming back to the initial concept and the initial point, and the question was, is Dublin safe? And I think it is safe. I actually think Dublin is a hell of a lot cleaner than it was when I started work here in Temple Bar in the 1990s. You had hundreds of bins all over the street and lots of lots of rubbish and stuff. Now, look, people's uh, in need for cleanliness and what they what they want and they may want more of it, and that's fine. But I, I, okay. I don't but, think but the there city are, is there are things, things that you cannot deny. There is a lot of aggressive begging going on. Um, the smell of cannabis is evident, and I'm sure it's as evident in Temple Bar as it is in other places. There is op- open injecting of drugs uh, to be easily observed by tourists, by children, whatever. I mean, there are problems there. It's no use saying it's a lovely, safe city. I'm not. I'm saying it's, it's, look, Dublin is a capital city and every capital city have these issues. I, I can't think of a capital city in Europe or across North America that don't have the same issues that we're talking about here because that comes with a, a capital city. However, there's a couple of things that I think are specific to Dublin and that Dublin has to deal with that uh, makes things a little bit more complicated. And I think Mannix touched on some of them there in, in, in what he said and your first caller mentioned them as well. The issue of drugs, drug use, drug provision and drug services is a major issue for the city. Uh, and, and look, the majority of people who use drugs aren't drug addicts and they don't they don't create issues or problems. But there is an enormous number of people chronic drug issues and problems 
that can only avail of services and in the city centres. You're, you're bringing in very vulnerable people. These people are victims uh, and they're into the city centre to, to access services. And these are being targeted by drug dealers uh, who, are, who are criminals and, and bring death and destruction and misery onto the street. And it creates that sense of chaos, that stuff that you see, that smell of cannabis, that, uh, you know, some of those rows, the people shouting at each other and so on. A lot of it's, 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 it's not a major crime, but it does yep. affect your perception uh, look, of safety. Let's, let's just know, compare, uh, once, Martin. Yeah, can like, we just come on for one second? No, but I just want to make one single point to you. Sure. You go, say, to the plaza in front of the Louvre. Are you going to see people shooting up there? Are you going to see cannabis being smoked yes, openly? Are you going people, to see? I have seen people shooting up in Paris, absolutely. And you don't see people openly shooting up in Dublin as much as you did because a lot of people are smoking uh, crack cocaine uh, and, and heroin at this point. I mean, we see this quite a bit. But I, I suppose the point I'm going to make is, as we move into this, the provision of all of these services within the city on one hand, and then we have policy, it looks like government policy, to decriminalise possession, uh, the, the likes of the supervised injecting centre and so on. I believe, and I know that Mannix does and others as well, that that's going to further complicate things within the city centre because you're going to have on one side that the the demand side, as in uh, being able to be in possession of drugs, could be decriminalised, but the supply side is going to be criminalised. Now you have a problem uh, in, in the city. How are the police going to manage this? Dublin City Council have no role in this. Uh, they're, they're not the, the health authority or they're not the, 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 the drug service authority. So we have a problem where a lot of these things are being dumped into the city. It's not the responsibility of the city council, yet they're left to deal with this. It's not the responsibility responsibility of the police to provide social care uh, okay, to, to the yeah, city. Well, and I think that's a big problem. And I think that's the biggest problem that's going to affect Dublin going forward. I think the policing in Dublin, yeah, of course we'd all want more police. But, uh, you know, we're in Temple Bar, we're in the city centre all the time. There is a very good presence of police. Okay. We have a very good Manics, relationship. But the thing police. about it is, at the end of the day, man, and good morning to you. And, you know, I, I, I do you know admire the work you do, you know, in the difficult circumstances in Temple Bar. But what you were talking about there earlier on, you know, when you arrived for us, Dublin City Council were involved in waste management. Dublin City Council are no longer involved in waste management. They sold all that off to the private speculators. And Mr. Owen Keegan, as I say, has stripped out quite a lot of the workers over the years. So nobody is allowed to kind of, as I say, go and do the jobs that we meant to do when the streets were cleaned. And indeed, many individuals used to clean outside their shops, but they no longer do that because of the price of water. In terms of the drug issue, there's a huge problem with drugs out there. No question about that whatsoever. And there's a huge issue out there where it's actually normal on our streets and the guardies simply are not able to actually, you know, invest or, you know, impact on that. But besides all the kind of wrong things and the people who are committing criminality in our street, there is the vast populations of individuals who are now have, and these are the people who live in this city and live in this country, who are full of fear. That fear is actually genuine. Tourists don't have that. And as you admitted yourself, the transient crowd that hit Temple Bar on a daily basis change on a daily basis because they're all tourists. Everybody on those streets are not necessarily locals. They're all tourists coming through with a few points and a good night out and fine and the next night it's a completely different crowd and the other thing about it is they, 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 they seldom come back our tourists don't come back to the city because they're appalled by the carry-on that's going on in the city the point of the matter is on Garda Shikon and you know because you're on those committees the Garda on the street like you know are really disappointed with management I'm on kind of management team when I'm involved in the Joint Policing Committee it's an absolute complete joke and at the end of the day there's no room in the jails the jails are full they're on the floors and there's no kind of no no, no room in the courts to get cases and when it comes to children and it comes to individuals young kids going out there just doesn't seem to be a proper approach to how you actually save them the smoking of drugs is a situation now where they want to encourage but the bottom line is at the end of the day that the citizens of this city 
Every single person that I speak to, from those that have no money to those that are intense to those that have actually plenty of money, are beginning to lose patience with the way the city is being managed. The city is an absolute joke at this stage of the game. It's simply appalling, it's overpriced and it's a dangerous place to be in because at the end of the day, people are full of fear. And every day that I'm out there, Martin, and you know this, I'm out on those streets all the time. Last week I was on my way to court and as I was on my way to court, somebody was cutting somebody's throat on the keys. It was literally atrocious what was actually happening. This was 9 o'clock in the morning. Every night I get calls about stabbing, about drug dealing. Every night I get calls about antisocial behaviour. Every night I wait for a guard at corner to respond and they can't respond because they're simply being closed down. We ask for body cameras and Joe Harris wants to give them spy equipment. It's simply outrageous. Last week we did, we delivered the guard at corner youth awards. It was fantastic because there's a lot of kids out there who are doing terrific stuff. But at the end of the day, the people that made this place in Possible the people that made this place, you know what I mean, hostile are those that didn't do their job in Dublin City Council. They are the executive okay. of Dublin I, City Council, and indeed many. I think of the you've made that, reps. that point. I'll give final words then uh, to to you, Martin Hart, the CEO of Temple Bar Company. Yeah, well, look, Pat, uh, look, it's a city, and you're going to have different views, and it's a complex area. It's it's a capital city. There are issues. Is Dublin safe? I think it is safe. Are there perceptions around safety? There absolutely are. And the more you talk about it on the radio, you know, the more we do There's it. There's a massive fear safety. of safety, Martin. You know what I mean? People, people are full of fear, yeah. Martin, in I relation to it. They're full of fear. And fear is genuine. When someone has a fear of a city, it's genuine. And we need to be able to allay that fear with these okay. people. And we're not doing that because we don't have the men and women on the street okay, who are going Martin, to do Martin, I'll give you once again the last word. No problem. Look, it's uh, look. Mannix is very passionate about the city, and I get that. And you know, a lot of what he's saying there it makes a lot of sense. But I don't agree with all what well, he says. The city, Martin. Where do you live? Do Where do you live, Martin? I, I don't live in the city. Well, I do uh, live in the city, and I serve the city. I live in the city twenty-four hours a day, and I see what's going on in the city, and I understand where you're coming from. But I can tell you the reality that's happening for the citizens of this city, and what happens to me on a daily basis, and what I have to deal with night and day, is very different to the scenario. All right, that you're we painting. will leave it there. Mannix Flynn, Independent Councillor for Dublin, and uh, Martin Hart, CEO of Temple Bar Company, and before that, Neil Murray, taxi driver who plies his trade in Dublin City. Uh, thank you, one and all. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.